Welcome once again to Devotional. This is Pastor Ariel. We are on lesson number three for Monday, November 19th. Uh, so much, so much, so much. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to just uh, condense and pick some of the, the juiciest stuff that I, that I think. You, know, you might be thinking something else is juicy, but this is what's juicy for me. Uh, an awesome question that Monday's lesson brings on the subject of the second coming of Christ. I told you, each day we are tackling a ginormous topic, uh, an entire belief. And how can you cover an entire belief? Huh? I, I pity <laughs> the Sabbath school teachers <laughs> trying to squish all of this into just you know, 30, 40 minutes with questions and comments. Uh, so I'm hoping that you will invest time in studying on your own, enrich yourself, and bring the best of what you get for class. Um, so the question is, what do the following passages teach about the manner of Christ's return? Now, for me, that's a great question, but I have a sub-question that that question provoked in my mind. Um, I'm going to read it again. What do the following passages teach about the manner of Christ coming? And right above that, I circle the word manner, and I put a little arrow that says, why does this matter at all? Why are we having this discussion? as to the manner of Christ's return? Does it matter about rapture? And if it does, what, what's, why? Why does it matter? Why during an evangelistic series do we devote one or sometimes even two nights relating to the rapture, relating to you know, futurism and preterism? Why does it matter the, the manner in which Jesus returns? I'm not going to answer that question in this podcast. I'm putting that question in your mind in your noggin so that that little squirrel in there can start spinning and start thinking why does it matter are we splitting hairs are we just picking a fight or does it really make a difference what we believe about the second coming of christ um what why does it matter so think about that and be prepared to share in class your thoughts on that what I do want to focus on this podcast is the second, related to the second coming of Christ, is a statement that is made towards the end uh, of the paragraph of the lesson. Uh, the, Dr. Fortin begins to focus on the parable of the ten virgins, and it's the attitude and the experience that we are to have for the second coming. It's segueing the idea that no one knows the day or the hour, and we shouldn't try to speculate. One time, Pastor Torres told us that he met a church member that quoted that verse that no one knows the day nor the hour and then he said but no, no one said anything about the month or the year well this is a, a idiomatic expression meaning you will not know the month the year none of it no one will know anything only the father knows um, so don't get caught up with youtube channels that may tell you uh, we figure it out it's just not going to happen but the attitude that we should have is found in the parable of the ten virgins um, five were prepared, five um, were not prepared. And pop quiz, uh, which of the ten fell asleep? Uh, have you figured it out yet? Which of the ten fell asleep? Did the five that had the extra oil or the five that did not have the oil? Which of the ten fell asleep? All ten of them fell asleep. <laughs> if you don't believe me, go back and read it. Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. Uh, there's, uh, but that's not what I'm focusing on right now. I'm going to get to the question in just a few seconds. Um, I'm going to just read a sentence here. Superficially, the two groups appear to be alike. But when Jesus comes, when Jesus, when Jesus is coming is delayed, 
the real difference between them becomes obvious. One group, in spite of the delay, had kept its hope alive and had made the adequate spiritual preparation. And I'm going to stop there. You know from that parable, we're very familiar with that parable. Um, they, they, all ten virgins fall asleep, but when they hear that the bridegroom is coming, five have extra oil. And we talked about you know, what the oil means. It means the, the Holy Spirit, what has been promised to the church to sustain us throughout our journey until we are meeting Jesus face to face. So my question to you is, how do you get extra oil? How do you get extra oil? How do you get extra Holy Spirit? Because that is a concept that I wrestle with for, you know, many years. Um, is this like you're a Christian, but now you're a Christian plus? Is this like those iPhones where you have the iPhone plus or the iPhone plus is just a bigger phone with a bigger battery? What is that? How do you get more oil? And I thought about that and I want you to, to wrestle a bit with that. And all I'm going to share with you is my thoughts. I could be wrong, right? Um, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that what I say is what it is. But these are just my thoughts, okay? How do you get extra oil? As far as the experience is concerned, I mean, this is a parable and you cannot make transposing of a parable into a literal experience, but these are symbols. And it just means preparedness, preparedness for the delay. How can I make sure that my uh, experience with, with the Holy Spirit in my life is so consistent, so robust that it, it um, withstands a delay? It can withstand disappointment and hopes and, and the ever-nagging uh, whisperings of the enemy that it probably won't happen in your lifetime. So chill, lay back, take it easy, enjoy the world a little bit, smell the flowers. Didn't God make the flowers? Yeah, He did. But there is this sense of preparation. Not urgent, you know, we're always in alarm mode. But we're always hoping, wanting it to happen. It's a big difference from saying that, you know, we, 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 Jesus may delay a little bit more. We don't know when he's coming. But boy, wouldn't it be nice if he was now? You know, in our church at Oakwood and, and both Monroe, we have members that are suffering from cancer. Some of them are older. Some of them are younger. There's a young mom at Monroe we're praying for. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Jesus came and we just didn't have to deal with chemos and none of that stuff anymore? You know, the, the husband of one of our dear members at Monroe is recovering from knee surgery. Our bodies break down. At, at, at Oakwood, we're praying for um, Jane Gibbs' brother Joe, who's just been diagnosed with lung cancer. And it's painful. It's painful when our loved ones go through that. I sat at, at uh, today at, at Oakwood, we had... Um, a Thanksgiving dinner, breakfast for parents, a lunch for parents. And I got to fellowship with some of my members. And, uh, you know, some of them are still grieving the loss of their loved ones. Wouldn't you want Jesus to come? Wouldn't that be a better option than chemo, than foreclosure, than surgery, to just have this whole thing done and over with? See, there's a big difference from that to with the attitude that I just spoke earlier of, chill, relax. That attitude really in the back is saying, my Lord delays, so I'm going to get drunk and I'm going to just party hardy. 
um, it makes a big difference. How do I stay with the other one, right? How do I stay wanting the, the second coming of Jesus? Um, you know, the, the, the difficult thing is when you're successful, when your house is nice and you live in a nice neighborhood and you make a nice income and your life is just nice. That's the danger that maybe, maybe um, that becomes a strong temptation of just wanting to coast. How can I prevent that from happening, right? And so we're back to question number one. How do we get, quote unquote, symbolically, parable speaking, extra Holy Spirit? Well, this is what I wrote down. Extra oil. How? Question mark. Um, and right beneath it, I wrote the answer. Feel the need. Exclamation point. How do I get extra oil? Well, you feel the need. You know, you have to feel the need of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says that uh, you and I are not the best, it, you know, we're not the nicest. Yet, if our children were to ask us for bread, we would not give them a snake or an egg. We wouldn't give them a rock. Um, and us, though being evil, know how to give, give, give good gifts to our children. How much more, Jesus says, will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? You can only ask for what you need. And to say, okay, well, I guess I'll have to ask for the Holy Spirit. You don't feel the need of the Holy Spirit. And God's not going to give just lip service attention. Remember what Jesus says? Many will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this or that? And Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. So just saying those words doesn't make it a reality. Do you feel the need of the Holy Spirit? So right beneath that, I wrote, how? Question mark. How can one feel a consistent need of the Holy Spirit day in, day out, week in, week out, month after month, year after year? I don't know if I, I think I told this to the Oakwood Church. I don't think I have yet shared this with my Monroe Church. But when I was born in Argentina, Pastor Ariel Barrios is the one that dedicated me. And I'm actually named after him. Um, and he told my parents, um, uh, Alfredo Maria, when I look at the world, when I see uh, the corruption and the crime and the wars and everything, keep, keep in mind this is in the 70s, right? Um, I can tell you that Jesus will come before Ariel turns 15. And my parents told me that when I was, you know, eight, seven, eight. I'm like, whoa, I'm not going to get to see the next World Cup. <laughs> That was before my conversion. Can you tell? Um, I didn't want it. It wasn't something that gave me joy and happiness. And it passed. And that that date haunted me. You know, I'm 15, now I'm 16, now I'm 20. But sh surely Jesus will come before I'm in my 30s. I'm 45. And I'm beginning to see that there were individuals that are in their 60s, 70s, maybe even 80s that they were convinced Jesus would come when they were in their youth. How can I stay with a consistent awareness and steady need, a steady awareness of my need of the Holy Spirit so that I can have oil? I will not have diminished oil, but a continual supply of oil. How do I sense my need? And I have only one answer that I can think of from the Bible. So the question is, how do I ex get extra oil? How? I feel my need. But how do I get to continually feel this need? Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. 
Jesus says, actually, I'm going to read two verses. Um, verse 4 says, um, Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which, Jesus says, you heard from me. Verse 5, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And now, verse 8, But when, when, but when you will receive power, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. How can you feel your need of your Holy Spirit consistently? There's only one way that I can think of from Scripture, and that is you seeking to be involved in the mission Jesus has left for you and I. That's it. You leave the mission, you will not feel the need of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says that you need power for the mission. You don't need the Holy Spirit's power to get a career. Atheists get careers all the time. You don't need the Holy Spirit power to get married. Atheists, agnostics, Hindus, and Muslims, they get married too. You don't need the Holy Spirit's power to do to get good grades, you don't need the Holy Spirit's power to party hardy. But when it comes to the mission, you and I are duds. We can't make a dent or a ding, like I said in previous podcasts. We can yap, we can talk, we can throw all of our money, our money into the mission field and not win one soul. Jesus didn't say you will receive a larger bank account or more gifts or talents or degrees. Jesus says you need power. The mission that I'm calling you to is the continual reminder and protection that you will continually, through this mission, continually be reminded of how much you need the Holy Spirit in your life. That's the, only, that's the only answer that I can think of. I don't know if you can think of others. Maybe there are others. But right now, I'm telling you, if you are not involved directly in mission, you do not feel the need of the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't feel the need of the power of the Holy Spirit, there's a high probability you haven't been asking for that power. And if you haven't been asking for that power, you don't have it. And if you don't have it, you and I can rest assured as to which of those five virgins we are. And when Jesus comes, he will find us unprepared. What are you going to do with the mission? See, it's not about, well, I'll ask first and go later. You must feel your need. There is a mission in the church and there is a mission through the church outwardly to the communities where we are. What will you do with the mission? What will you do with that one thing that will continually, day by day, week by week, month by month, until Jesus comes, continually remind you, you need power and God promises to give it to you when you ask, when you feel the need. Will you ask today? Will you get involved with mission today? 